0: Hello America, you're listening to old-timey radio on the internet. On this day in history, 2007, Drew Carey debuted as the new host of The Price is Right. Bah, bah, nah, bah. Okay, that was a bizarre attempt at something, <laughs> and we're going to celebrate it and let it go. I went with the Jimmy Stewart voice. Just a stupid excuse for that. Uh, but I thought this day in history, this is a... Uh, This was uh, Drew Carey's debut as the uh, host of The Price is Right. Your thoughts?
1: I like Drew Carey.
0: As do I. I have
1: always liked Drew Carey. Like from the Drew Carey show to Whose Line Is It Anyway? I just – I have always liked him.
0: I once had the pleasure of uh, attending a dance recital with Drew Carey and several friends. Well, I'm going to call it a dance recital. Okay. (laughs) Okay. It was in Las Vegas, and it was grown ups. Uh,
1: oh, never mind.
0: It was. I fun. got it. I it, got it. You know what, Drew? Back in the day, and probably not now. And I, I'm, all, I'm, re- I'm regretting even jumping into the story as my <laughs> mouth is flapping. However. Uh, Drew used to be very open, and I thought very cool about it. And the, you never saw bad stuff about him in the press because he he dug going to strip clubs and that that whole thing. And I think that's fantastic. And I think that's exactly how. And that, oddly enough, that's what I'm trying to do uh, with uh, the Loftus Party and the the TV show and the website and the blah blah blah, blah and what we're doing right now. It, it's like you never heard a bad thing about Drew Carey. He's a nice guy that went to strip clubs. Exactly. However, when, when you know that going in, boy, you want to see some girls get excited. <laughs> you want to see some girls get excited when Drew Carey uh, walks in the club with you. I I was a nobody, kind of still am, uh, but that that was a that was a fun fun evening of entertainment. He is a great guy. He's from the city of Cleveland, and I'll and I'll tell you this, Liberty Gypsy, my home club, and and this is this is very honest here where I started doing stand-up comedy mm-hmm. in Columbus, Ohio, a club called The Funny Bone. And every Christmas, right before Christmas, they would do a big, a big comedy show. Everybody would come back from across the planet and all the headliners, and they'd raise money, and Toys for Tots was the big charity. Right. And then there was a big poker game afterwards. All the comics would stick around. And Drew Carey, when I met him, had just uh, got his TV show on the air and he came back. He was a, he would always come back and do this. And we, we stuck around and we played poker and he was the, the sweetest, nicest, funniest guy just hanging out with back then. Mm-hmm. Years later, uh, I'm at uh, a funeral for a friend, Sam Simon mm-hmm. and Drew and, and Sam were very good friends and, and the same guy, the, the I, Drew, he has not changed. He's just a sweet, super nice guy, and I wish nothing but success for Drew Carey. Yeah, I, every I, time I see him, he's the same person. I've
1: always liked him, and I mean, I did the the Drew Carey show. I, I was a huge fan of that particular franchise. So,
0: yeah, it cracked good times. Up. There's going to be a lot of name drop in this episode. I can feel it. It's in the air.
1: It's in the it's air.
0: In, it is in the air. I'm gonna. I've already. Boom. We're we're like five seconds in. I've already dropped uh, a little story about me and Drew Carey. Boom. I, little, I snuck in a little uh, Sam Simon uh, reference. It's just going to keep going. It's just going to keep going.
1: Speaking of Sam Simon, that was one of your really good interviews. I liked that one.
0: I was recently – thank you very much. He was delightful. Mm-hmm. He was delightful. You can – when you I, – I, I miss him to this day. I don't want to get maudlin'. However, just sitting around – he would have me over on Sunday nights and we would watch uh, Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. And he would invite uh, Jennifer Tilly. Boom, there's another, I've already, I've already dropped another name. <laughs> he would invite his ex-wife, Jennifer Tilly, Tilly over, mm-hmm. who is another just delightful, insanely wonderful human being. And I would walk them through Game of Thrones. Super funny. He had like this big screening room. Mm-hmm. And he would just press pause, and he'd be like, "Okay, what what is going on? Who's this? Where's the dragon girl? Where's the girl with the dragons?" Like, okay, she doesn't know it, but that guy who tried to kill her was sent by. Remember that big fat bald guy? And it was hilarious. And, but but then just just watching regular TV uh, with with Sam was just an absolute riot. Just just a funny funny dude. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just a funny funny guy. I wish he was around. They actually. Did I tell you this? I can probably talk about this now. There is – there's some wackiness going on with his estate, and I was recently contacted by uh, lawyers. Mm -hmm. I don't know who they're representing. I have some thoughts. I think – I'm pretty sure I know who it is, and I'm pretty sure I know why. I don't want to get into it because I don't think it's gone to trial yet, whatever. But they asked if they could use uh, my interview with Sam for the flip side – uh, the TV show as part of, uh, the trial. Dang. Isn't that crazy? That's totally crazy. Yeah. 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 So anyway, um, I think I know why, and I think I know who they represent. And I will tell you this, I hope it works out because I think the person in question is being, uh, uh screwed over. That's just my opinion. That's not the official opinion of the Loftus party. The not the official opinion of the flip side. Do not take Topkin to send try to operate a head vehicle. Michael Loftus on Yeah, I think someone's getting screwed over. So well, I hope that's they that's
1: usually what happens when people go to court. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. One, one party generally gets screwed.
0: <laughs> yes. Yeah. So we're going to use the, the our little comedy uh, segue here. The Drew Carey, funny guy, stand up, did good. Uh, Sam Simon, funny guy, uh, did a lot of good. Now we're going to move on to Jimmy Kimmel uh, yes. on to ABC, who uh, I got to tell you, uh, I've about I've about had it with Jimmy Kimmel. Now, I used to uh, have a lot of respect for the guy. He's one of the luckier people on the planet. Mm-hmm. And and this is the problem. He He's now uh, powerful, quote unquote, powerful, and that power corrupts. And he's believing his own BS. And he's believing the BS of the people around him. And uh, he's very, very important now. And in typical uh, comedian fashion, when people are calling him out on stuff, uh, oh, I'm just a comedian. I'm not, I'm not the moral center. I'm not the moral compass of the nation. But But no, you, you think you are. You are the self-appointed guy. When he decided – to start doing monologues about his kid and about healthcare, and when he decided to do monologues about uh, gun control, he's a self-appointed moral compass. You Absolutely. cannot have it both ways. John Stewart used to do this all the time uh, on his show, and I and it was brilliant. And I remember I remember seeing him do it. And 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 if you go back and you look, every time I was interviewed about the flip side or the loftiest party or anything, I always talk about it. Uh, and it's great that America is so smart they're catching on. It's this wonderful trick you can do where you can make fun, make fun, make fun, be morally outraged, be morally outraged. And then when people call you on your BS, you're like, hey, 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 I'm just a comedian. I'm just, why are you listening to me? I'm just making funny with the ha ha. And it is such BS that I decided to join them. If you can't beat them, join them. And that's why that's why I jumped on board and started doing uh, started doing the flip side and started doing this.
1: Well, it's great. Well, I just, you know, you don't get to. And what I find really strange with Kimmel is, not too long ago, he was being um, criticized widely for not being mean enough about Trump. Right.
0: That was no. That was uh, Watch this guy on NBC?
1: Oh, I thought it was Kimmel.
0: No, no, no. That was um, that was uh, Jimmy. Not the other oh, Jimmy, Jimmy Fallon, The, the Tonight right. Show. Mm-hmm. Jimmy Fallon.
1: Okay, well, then my point means nothing, so I'll just stop now. <laughs> <laughs> I I'm screwed up my happen. jimmies. I'm so sorry.
0: <laughs> it it, it is, They're easy to... to. Uh, they
1: kind of even look alike.
0: In a weird way, yeah. I think that's why Kimmel has the beard, uh, to try to uh, get some...
1: Differentiate?
0: Yeah. yeah. But Kimmel is the guy, uh, just the luckiest kid. The, the luckiest... Talk about somebody who should just really... Kiss America's ass every morning, like plucked from obscurity, uh, gets a radio job, gets the other another radio job on on K-Rock and gets this just kind of like stumble. I'm not saying he doesn't work hard. Uh, I'm sure he works very, very hard. Uh, However, just keeps
1: right place, right time all the time.
0: The stars have lined up for that guy. Mm -hmm. And uh, the thing is, he's I think he's going to grow addicted to this uh, criticizing – remember when Trump w- was running for president and he's like, hey, if I become president, it's good – and he's talking to the news media. It's good for you guys. It's good for everybody. The ratings are going to go through the roof. And he he was exactly right. He wasn't lying. And that's what all these people are discovering. Stephen Colbert it, it, in the tank, in the tank. And then when he really started going after Trump, uh, his ratings went up. And He just and, wrote
1: a book.
0: It <laughs> is –
1: I'm like, really, dude?
0: yeah and and Jimmy Kimmel has now discovered it as well. uh God bless Jimmy Fallon he's he's gonna go down kicking and screaming. he really it I think've ne- I've never met uh, Fallon, but from everything I, i've I've heard about him, just a great guy and just wants to do a fun, funny show and and that's it.
1: Well, I mean that's the whole thing. These shows aren't funny anymore.
0: well, here's the deal. they're not funny to everybody. I think if you hate Trump, you're probably laughing and going, "Yes, finally, uh, someone someone's being brave." But it's just absolute. Uh, it's it's a it's a crop.
1: Well, and then and then uh, reading this thing, Sarah Silverman's uh, show premiered on Hulu. Yeah, And she is trying to tout herself as healing the country. I mean, she is such an unapologetic, apologetic progressive third wave feminist who lectures people from her Twitter account and every place else she, she ever you know, gets a microphone, that she now thinks she's going to go out to middle America and people are actually going to talk to her.
0: Well, I actually watched a clip. Uh, yeah? I, I wa- yes. She went uh, and had dinner at some person's house in, uh, in uh, Louisiana. And she found them to be lovely people. They were extremely kind to her. We're doing this. She was joking around with the kid. It was all fun. Uh, and then Sarah Silverman, they're sitting in the, in the living room and she's like, you know, uh, like Barack Obama. People – a lot of Republicans don't think uh, Barack Obama was born in the United States. And the, and the girl, the, the woman whose house they were at, she goes, I don't think he was. And Sarah Silverman's was like, oh, no, he's from Hawaii. He's from Hawaii, all this stuff. So then it takes a, it. took a very predictable turn, uh, and I stopped watching. However, this girl uh, who was, like, overwhelmed by Hollywood in her little house in the, in the middle of Louisiana, you know, she's not used to – she didn't have the wherewithal to say, I believe he was born in Africa. Mm-hmm. And then he came to Hawaii, and they got him a birth certificate. And it almost just
1: sounds like what you just said is she's actually going and asking the question,
0: and then she's going to lecture people. Well, it wasn't a lecture, and she, she was asking, Do you guys believe in gay marriage? And uh, these people are like, this, this girl was like, Well, love is love, and you could be with whoever you want, blah, 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 blah. And then the uncle there's like, Well, I don't believe in the marriage part. And oh golly, day, boy, come on! And it's it's like that kind of thing. Now I'm I'm with that dude as well. Like if and we've talked about it on the show. If you want civil unions, go for it. You're equal protection under the law. Mm-hmm. But if you want to get married in the church, sorry, not gonna happen. I what? got I got a I got a code of of conduct i've got a welcome to planet earth uh, starter manual called the bible it's been here for a couple thousand years and uh it says no so i like you guys i think you're an awesome uh, couple mark and bill and i think you kids are gonna uh, be awesome together you're gonna have to you're gonna have to go to city hall
1: well, and I mean, some churches have decided to participate in that's those ceremonies, but I mean, I think it's up to the individual denomination. Sure, and it, you know, and and I my my take on all that is civil unions for everyone. Yeah. Oh, the only reason the government wants to know that you're married is so that they know how much to tax you. Yes. They yeah. know how to divide your property, and they know. What they're going to do if that union should dissolve in terms of child custody, blah, 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 blah. It is purely administrative. Everyone, everyone. From a government perspective, it should be – you should get a civil union box on your tax return.
0: Bada bing, bada boom. hmm Yeah. So anyway, it was just like this horribly uh, predictable Sarah Silverman. It started off – I mean listen. She's a cute girl. She's mm-hmm. kind of bubbly and funny. I I was I I met her a million years ago at a card game in Los Angeles. Everything was great. I just find her act boring. I literally I just find her boring. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then like oh, do you think uh, Obama was born in Africa? I do. Oh, and she's covering her face, and it's like you guys, you guys. Uh, however, that's and I I I kind of I don't I want don't want to think. I don't want anyone to think that I shied away from the subject, but I think that there's a very real possibility that he was born in Africa and, and as a baby came to Hawaii and they were like, yikes, and and you make some things happen. H- however, it's like it changes nothing. It changes nothing. It's like a technicality. You know what I'm saying?
1: Oh, absolutely. Nothing, so, nothing he did for eight years is going to go away because of that. Exactly. So it doesn't exactly. really matter.
0: It does not matter. Then that's and that's the, what I want people to know. It's like it is not the end all, be all, uh, and that you know that doesn't mean that I'm down with uh, the Illuminati or <laughs> any of that. The nine eleven
1: yeah. truthers.
0: Yes. Yeah. I no, we're not a, going there. Uh, yeah. So anyway, uh, let's all keep a a, a lookout for the uh, Jimmy Kimmel, John Stewart effect. I'm not the moral compass unless I want to be. And then when you call me out, I'm just going to be a comedian. That is uh, that's that is one hundred and ten percent B.S., 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 B.S. Okay. a lot of people are changing the name of Columbus Day to Indigenous People Day. Yeah. And that is wonderful. And this is one of the things that I love about the Trump administration, because it's bringing all of this stuff to a head. There's like been this giant pimple that's been festering. Actually more than one. Just tons of them all over this country. And now we get to pop them. And you know, uh, you know, sometimes there's like a satisfaction when you get to pop a pimple. You're mm-hmm. like, boom, got it. Gross. It is. It is. Uh, <laughs> but like it's it's wonderful. Like, oh, my gosh. Uh, Christopher Columbus was this uh, this butcher and blah, 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 and he brought death and destruction and, oh, the people in this great nation and in Mexico and everything in North America, it was all just Shangri-La. Well, science and archaeologists, you know how many people they think were being sacrificed a year down there in Mexico to the uh, Aztec uh, gods that controlled the power of the sun and the moon?
1: Oh, I know it was a lot, but I don't know a number. It's like 80,000
0: people a year. 80,000? It was – there were some years it was ginormous. Really? The sacrifices, yes. And then let's not forget you had your your Cherokee and you had your Crow. It's not like all these tribes were getting along with one another. There no, was, and it's it's there not- was some butchering going on, and there was slavery going on. It's like we didn't invent. It wasn't like Christopher Columbus says, "I'm going to bring us slavery to your planet." Come on, you guys, stop putting down all the free food and the complimentary chocolates. I'm going to ruin your way of life. It was it was not Shangri-La. <laughs> the, the Indians were not just like hugging and a, and a kissing on each other.
1: Well, and I don't know exactly when we got to the germ theory of disease, but it's not like they intentionally brought smallpox. That killed Spaniards just like it killed Native Americans.
0: Thank you. It's not (laughs) like we knowingly brought the plague uh, to a culture, which, by the way, uh, if you're a student of history, the Japanese in World War II had plans to give us all the plague. That's right. Japan was going to give America the plague. But – we nuked them, America, nuking evildoers since 1947. I probably well, got the year wrong.
1: No, but you take – this is what I love most about progressives. They take any situation in history, be it the Founding Fathers, be it Christopher Columbus, be whoever, right? And they judge them by today's standards. Yes. That drives me nuts.
0: With an all or nothing, it it, it becomes – and this is funny. uh, It it becomes a black and white issue, right? Robert E. Lee fought for the South. Bad guy. Bad guy. And you're like, well, no. He he, he wasn't. He was a man who felt uh, duty bound and he had a sense of honor, which is kind of lacking for today. He told them all they would lose. He wrote a very famous letter saying, you guys don't want to do this. We're going to get our asses kicked, and here's how it's going to happen. But if you want me, I'll I'll lead it because I believe in states' rights. Slavery is bad. So it's it's just too funny that they judge these people, Christopher Columbus, and oh, he was – you just see some horrible, horrible things uh, written about that guy. Yeah, they make it sound like uh, Christopher Columbus went to uh, the Queen of Spain and said, listen, I got a whole bunch of uh, smallpox here and I thought let's go somewhere. I mean the dude got lost. He never The dude
1: got lost. He didn't even know what he was going to find. Yeah. He didn't end up where he thought he was going to end up. He was – and honestly, if you read about him, he was not brought up in wealth and privilege and all this other stuff and he was curious –
0: Curious George.
1: I, I'm going to try to go to India that way.
0: Yes, All right. let's try to get some spices. And here, so I just I'd love to I just love to pointing out the hypocrisy that, you know, people think that it was like this utopia over here before Columbus before Columbus came. Yeah, no, it wasn't. There was a lot of, you know, tribe against tribe. And that's Oddly enough, and then I want to give credit where credit's due, and I think I've said it before, just a fun-to-know fact, but the, uh, the Iroquois had all these different little villages. Each little village had its own little set of rules, mm-hmm. uh, but they had one rule that overrode them all. If one of our villages is attacked, we will all band together and defend ourselves. And a young man by the name of Ben Franklin heard about that and thought, "This is a good way to go. It seems to be working for the. I bet we could do that here with the colonies. Each colony could have its own little set of rules. However, we will come together for a common defense. So, that's the best thing about, uh, in my mind, uh, the indigenous uh, people. Beyond being able to run around half naked, which was a, a huge plus for them. <laughs> but we can we can thank we can thank the Iroquois. In some respects for our, our wonderful little republic, and I would like to keep it that way. And I think uh, I think a lot of other people would, too.
1: I'm, I'm a huge fan of the republic.
0: Me three. Yeah. Me no. three. And
1: that's why when I when I see things on Twitter and I forget which one of the vapid leftists uh, put this out, we need to abolish the Senate. Because why? Why should Montana have the same say as California? Well, if you go back and you look at how this puppy was designed, you aren't supposed to vote for your senators at all.
0: <laughs> yeah. And a lot were, of people say that's where it's that's where the worm turned. That's where oh, it really I started tot- to get bad. I
1: totally believe that because right after you ha- had popular election of your senators, guess what we got? Or right right before um taxation.
0: Yeah. Mhm. Between, yeah, weren't, that, weren't,
1: be, between that, and taking the senators out of out of control from the the state governments, that was just the beginning of a big government explosion.
0: Well, that we we need to scale it all back. Yep. I'm delighted when I think about we're just Gonna I want to scale it all back, and uh, I'm I'm delighted. I'm I'm delighted with what I see. And in terms of uh, another pimple that's getting popped. Uh, the pimple that, is, that we call Bob Corker. I'm ready to pop that dude. Well, here's my thing. Please help me get reelected. Please help me, Mr. Trump. Please help me, Mr. Trump. My name's Bob Corker. Hey, Bob, you going to play ball? I'm not going to play ball. You're going to make us World War Three. I can't stand you. Bob Corker's a tool.
1: Well, again, I think it's a lot of virtue signaling. Um, and I hate virtue signaling.
0: Yes.
1: But, you know, if you all haven't learned at this point, Roger Goodell learned it. Um, you just don't get into a public war of words with this particular president. You just don't. You're going to lose.
0: Uh, 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 he's tapped in. I don't know what it is. I, I don't. I, frankly, I don't care. I don't care. All I know is I, – I firmly believe this. If Trump's like uh, we're going to repeal Obamacare, we're going to try to get – we're going to get you something better. Uh, we're going to lower taxes. And now none of this is happening. And, and, and because of the way he tweets and b- because of the way he calls these people out personally, it's not going to uh, – it's not going to stick to Donald Trump. They're going to try to. They're gonna to try to in twenty twenty go well. Trump said this and Trump said that, and he'll be like, "Dude, look at my tweets." Corker, I was. We tried to get tax uh, tax reform done. If the if if this Republican Congress cannot do something about tax reform, I oh,
1: if it's you're, going
0: to get bad, bad.
1: Hi Republicans. Hi GOP Congress. If your dislike of President Donald Trump and I'm no huge fan, been discussed, right? Yes. If your dislike of Donald Trump is going to cause you to (laughs) to basically pitch every one of your election promises out the window, that's not
0: okay. And that is how it looks. I I I, I completely agree. Don't. Don't like this guy. So, uh, ooh, well, there you goes know, repeal of Obamacare. You
1: know, you know, the one person I actually have to have a little bit of respect for. Who? Rand Paul took a beating from Donald Trump during the primary. Right.
0: Yup. Yep. OK.
1: He's out there saying, here's what these executive orders around the health care, you know, the health care law actually mean. Here's why we do it. Here's the lies that the Democrats are telling you about it right? Yes. And this is actually a good thing for America. Okay, Senator Paul, what do you think about the tax plan? There's a couple things that I mean, he's honest, there's a couple things that need to change there. It's not it's not exactly what what they thought it was going to be and there's a couple things that need to be tweaked. I've spoken to the president about it and I believe he understands it. So instead of just punching him and saying, oh, I'm not going to vote for this tax plan because it didn't do anything, everything that it I want. It only helps the rich, Stacey. It only helps the rich. But, I mean, instead of doing that, he has a discussion with the man, yeah. right, and is reasonable about it. So, I mean, basically Trump put into executive order ran one of Rand Paul's huge plan, you know, ideas around health care. And the Democrats now are just lying about it.
0: As and that's all they have to do. It it, it literally is just like it's Pavlovian at this point. Well, they're saying, uh, oh, wanna... oh,
1: it's going to affect pre-existing conditions. No, 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 it's not. They're going to be. Well, goff- what's this
0: thing yeah. with the insurance subsidies? Where he's he's getting rid of those because the courts have said, yeah, you can't do it. You and can't so- do
1: that. Um, basically, it's. It's slush money. So if you are a plan on the exchange, then you are gonna you are gonna get a certain amount of money for serving a certain population. No, no.
0: I am I am I am I am so glad Guy Benson was on that media show that I watch on Sunday mornings. Why do I watch that show? Why do I watch it? But everyone's like blah 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 Donald Trump blah blah blah. And Guy Benson, God bless him, just goes, The court said it's illegal. Like none of this matters. The court said Donald Trump tweet Bob Corker, blah 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 blah. It's illegal. It's illegal, You can't do it. He's getting rid of it. It will kill four million babies a second. It's illegal, you guys. It's illegal. And the insurance companies are doing okay. Yeah, no, they're doing all right. Their stock is up like 400%, Mm -hmm. 450%. The insurance companies are doing a okay, Isn't it – doesn't anybody ever wonder about that? Why all the insurance companies were like, yeah, that's – I always thought that was super, super – that the insurance companies will help out with this. Wait a minute. You're going to pass a law that says everyone has to have insurance? Well, I need a seat at this table. Mm -hmm. It's – Ding, ding, ding. It's like that big uh, triangle that the old timey cowboy would ring, and then everybody'd come in for beans. <laughs> it's just,
1: it's feeding time. Well, I, I, there's actually an entire book written about how Obamacare was passed, um, which, you know, is exactly what you said. People came in and had a seat at the table who had no business having a seat at the table because when it comes down to it, um, Politicians rely on lobbyists to do their research.
0: That's where we got to get to.
1: That's That's where we got to get get to. to. See, because Congress can determine, first of all, if Congress would just get out of the stuff they have no business being in, they wouldn't need all that research. (laughs) Just my personal opinion. Um, Yeah. If we could just get to the point where, you know, sorry.
0: That was Um, bizarre.
1: Uh, that's getting cut out. <laughs> <laughs> um, if we could just get to the point where they weren't writing so many laws about things that they were never given the power to do, um, K Street would just kind of go away. K Street only that's exists to make more laws.
0: That's what drives me nuts. And that I was – I felt it three years ago. I felt it four years ago. I feel it today. Mm-hmm. You are solving crap that doesn't need solved. What are you doing? What are you doing? Like, I would love to send a Loftus Party reporter just to shadow Paul Ryan one day. Like, dude, seriously, what are you doing? Well, uh, I have a meeting with the uh, Venetian blind lobbyists because it seems there's a dust buildup on the Venetian blinds, which could cause a partial paralysis in the house fly that mutates into the. Okay, shut up. Put that study down. Mm -hmm. Stop it. You know, how are we going to lower taxes? How are we going to make government smaller and more efficient? Well, I got a meeting with the umbrella lobbyists and they have a study that shut up. Shut up. Shut up. Shut up. Put that down. I'm going to take you over here to this table Well, there's a table study from the table. Shut up. Shut up. Shut up. Shut up. Put it down and come with me. Like literally I am. It's it's the phone book party that used to be. It was the study that I always love to reference. Let's let's just pick random people. Uh, this is a uh, William F. Buckley thing, uh, God bless William F. Buckley, uh, but like they, uh, they polled Americans back in the day, Democrats, Republicans, or random people chosen from the phone book, and random people chosen from the phone book always win, and that's what I believe Donald Trump represents. He is the random people from the phone book party, the, the great unwashed masses, and they're like, keep it simple, stupid. Right? K-I-S-S. Keep it simple, stupid. Lower my taxes and give me some choices in health care. We are, we are fully capable of doing everything else beyond defending our nation, and we might need some help defending our, our private property, and I'll pitch in for the roads. But that's about it. Yeah, That's I, about
1: I, it. I, it's to the point where I really want an accounting of my tax dollars.
0: I'm oh. – Because I
1: did not agree to pay for this stuff. I just didn't.
0: None of it. None of it. None of it. Well, except the military and the roads. Right. However, and and this is a problem that is where – why I am where I am politically. It's like once these people realize that they can – this is what I'm going to really mangle a Thomas Jefferson quote. Once the people in charge realize that they can just vote and give themselves raises, it's over. It's Mm -hmm. all over. Once you realize all you have to do is, is vote for it and it's legal and it's all well and good, uh, it's over. And uh, I'm, not, I'm not calling for a revolution or any crap like that. Uh, I'm just saying it, it's getting out of hand. It's gotten out of hand. It's been way out of hand for a long time. Well, And, and that- they're always going to try to paint uh, uh, Trump as this huge supervillain. And it's uh, – t- when we were talking about the Sarah Silverman thing, I, I kind of wanted to uh, segue off of that. That it is, it's 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 funny if you look at um, the, the 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 media. Look how they look the other, other way for Weinstein.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: No problem, just vilifying Trump, vilifying Trump, vilifying Trump. It, it and that's what keeps me going. It's like wow, there is a group of. Uh, powerful people who have like the same agenda, like they don't like what this guy's doing. So they're going to try to just uh, smear him every day in the mass. And I'm not saying he's the end all be all. I know it sounds like that. However, there's nothing equal. There's nothing fair about this. The game is rigged. So we got to beat the game from inside the game by doing a wonderful podcast and doing a wonderful website and TV show.
1: Well, and it just kills me. He's undoing Barack Obama's legacy, and I'm like, good.
0: <laughs> yeah. I fully support
1: him doing that in as many ways as possible.
0: <laughs> yeah. I, I, rem- I remember being so frustrated, and I'm not, I'm not a big fan of the executive order. I am not no. a fan. I didn't like it when Obama was doing it. Uh, I have a pen, and I'll use my pen. And I don't like it when Trump's doing it. However— if you're going to use an executive order to undo an executive order, that seems fair. That seems equal.
1: Yeah. And
0: yeah. when you have like uh, douches like Bob Corker running around and uh, these the, the Alaskan lady and the other and the McCain's like, uh, listen, I, I know I told you I wanted to undo uh, uh, Obamacare and I wanted to repeal it. And I know I know you all sent me a lot of money to do that very thing. But now that I'm being re- reelected, I've, uh, I've changed my mind. I changed my mind. I know you guys uh, all want lower taxes and you want government to be more efficient, but, uh, you know,
1: I changed my mind. I changed my mind. You know what what I really wish Trump would do because the squeals would be so exquisite? What? Go to zero-based budgeting for every government agency. That would be
0: fantastic. I
1: would go, yes! Well, I mean, here's where I am, right? Because... We discussed publicly on the show I did not vote for Donald Trump, nor did I vote for Hillary Clinton. Um, but you know what? What? If he runs in 2020, I'm gonna. They're gonna make me do it.
0: Oh, it's, it's – <laughs> and this is what I'm talking about. It's like a pimple. They're Everyone gonna is make like, me do it. <laughs> there's this great – like this great – all these little blackheads and pimples are busting out, and then and Trump, we're just going to have to pop them all.
1: It's fantastic. A very we'll have a very clear national complexion. No, but <laughs> I mean they're gonna make me do
0: it, Michael. Yes. They're gonna make everybody do it. That's oh the wonderful God. thing. Well, you it's, cannot like, it's objectively look at this stuff and and realize that there's any fairness in the media. That's that that one's out of the bag. This guy calls himself a Republican, but he's not. He doesn't have a gun. So it's it's great. Everything is becoming clear now. Battle lines are being drawn. No, but it,
1: it, it keeps going and going and going and going. And the left is just like eating its own. So I wake up yesterday morning, right? And there's this Twitter rant from Jack. Jack, the CEO of Twitter.
0: Oh, Jack.
1: Oh, Jack. Well, okay. So Rose McGowan did something she shouldn't have done.
0: Cut her hair.
1: Well, no, she posted somebody's personal contact information on Twitter, and that has been a Twitter rule as long as I've been on Twitter. You do not get to post publicly unavailable phone numbers, email addresses, etc. And yes. I think it's a good rule.
0: It's like, I'm down with <laughs> that. I think it's
1: that. an awesome rule, especially if you have an account as big as hers. They locked her account, told her to delete the tweet. Personally, perfectly reasonable. Perfectly reasonable, and one of the few times they have actually enforced their rules with somebody who has a blue check mark. <laughs> so, <laughs> feminist Twitter freaks out. And on Friday the 13th, they boycott Twitter. Really? So, I don't have to hear you squawky people all day long. This is excellent. Like, we were so happy, right? Yeah. I don't have yeah. to see your vapid nonsense. Awesome. Well, because. Twitter had put all of these rules in place, including the rule that got Rose locked, right? Because feminists don't want to be harassed and don't want people saying things about them. And they have, you know, their buzzwords. I call it the 50 dirty words that Twitter won't tell you. Um, They got Twitter to do all this. They sit on the Trust and Safety Council. They boycotted Twitter. (laughs) And I just find that to be such a beautiful irony. These rules are all in place because you wanted them.
0: Did did she take down the, did she delete the tweet with the per, with the phone number? Yes. And did they reinstate her? Yeah, she just Well, then needed, that, that yeah, it's it's all just all this ballyhoo. blah blah blah. Uh, but what I mean, what was just, the hashtag? Women without Twitter or Twitter without women or some it, craziness?
1: Twitter without women. I was a woman. I was on Twitter on Friday the 13th. I just thought it was ridiculous. Y- you know, You just got blasted by the very people you've been trying to accommodate for two years, and they're still not happy.
0: (laughs) Yeah. It is uh, is funny. It is.
1: That's probably why bromances are up. Mm. Third wave feminists are never happy.
0: No. 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 (laughs) And I tell you what, I I saw this interesting clip uh, the other day. I believe it was on YouTube. uh, This – Female professor talking about when colleges decided to have English as a major. Mm-hmm. Right, you can you can major in English. It took them uh, years and years and years and years and years, a long long time. Uh, all these learned people to say, what's the curriculum? What is it that you have to show that you've learned? What is the grand what is the breadth of knowledge you have to show mastery of? And how are we going to teach that? And there was a, a huge discussion about this. Mm-hmm. And when when uh women's studies became a thing, they were just like, women's studies, go! Like <laughs> no one, yeah. No one and this this woman who's a professor, I I I I wish I, I didn't know we were gonna talk about this, but I find it delightful though. Uh, She's a professor, and she's like, oh, I'll I'll help out with this, with women's studies. Uh, We should probably talk about the biology of – and they're like, whoa, whoa. Get out, lady. Get out. We're not going to talk about biology. We're talking about women here. (laughs) Oh, my god. So like literally they're just plucking – any woman who can hold a book who works for a university into teaching women's studies and she's like it has been a runaway freight train ever since. They put zero thought into the curriculum uh, and now they're probably trying to reverse engineer some but they have – it is Frankenstein's monster and oh, I don't know who it benefits.
1: Absolutely and and if you look at what's going on, right? You and I, You and I say this all the time. Men and women are different. We should celebrate that.
0: Get out of my university. <laughs>
1: <laughs> right? Men you and women are, are different. We should celebrate that. Europe has largely stopped celebrating that. They're ahead of us that way, right? They're ahead of us in a couple ways that I really don't like, to include hate speech rules and other stuff. Well, yeah, a new study up. a new study in Europe says that the young men over there between the ages of 19 and 26 or something like that, I believe was the study, are saying the women are so insufferable And so hell-bent on making them not be guys, (laughs) you know, put on this pink pussy hat, right? Yeah. That they would rather hang out with their guy friends and that's what they're doing. They're not dating. They're not.
0: Which will just reinforce what the uh, third-wave feminists are fighting against because what you'll have, you'll have a dude. Who wants to be like a, just a regular guy's guy, hanging out with his guy buddies, doing his guy stuff? And but then eventually, uh, the power of the vagina will draw him home, <laughs> and then he's just gonna look at women as a piece of meat. Exactly. Goes, there's, there's one I want to breed with, and she's like, "I've got a brain." Me no care. <laughs> it's gonna. They're turning us into cavemen. <laughs> but it's, I mean, it's de-evolution. We're going to re-neanderthal
1: you. Um. We are,
0: we are, we are, you wanted this long hair. We want the sloped forehead. Mm, grog like your bottom. <laughs> grog mate with you. You have good breasts for milk making. Oh my god. <laughs> grog uh, want. Grog. Uh. <laughs> yes, that's, it's, seriously, it's like you can't, uh, you just have to accept the notion uh, that some women want to be astronauts. And some woman want to bake pies and and everyone is wonderful underneath that whole spectrum.
1: That it is, is. It. And it, it. But I mean you're sitting here and you're looking at this entire trend and I mean this has been going on for a while. They've been looking at – studying this in Europe and um, they just – they're trying to bring it here.
0: Because they want to legislate some bizarre morality that and that's the very thing like stop doing that. Like it drives me crazy. Do not save me from me. And and it's it's what big government does. They just sit around and, and, and like invent these problems that don't exist. If a dude breaks the law, they go to jail. You don't cover for them. They go to jail. Mm-hmm. Right. If you're abusing your power like Bob Weinstein is uh, or was, you call him out. Harvey. The Harvey. Oh, my gosh. That's the other thing.
1: Get the right one, dude. Okay.
0: <laughs> well, I, I think that's me subconsciously wanting to talk about it desperately. Oh. But uh, but this is what they do. They're like, listen, it says in the Constitution, uh, you know, or, or the declaration, one of those super important documents. All men are created equal. Boom. We're done. We're done, all men are created equal. Now, if someone is discriminating against you because of the color of your skin, you can't do that. You can't do that, call that person out, you got proof, bada-bing, bada-boom, they go to jail. That's it, I'm done, I'm done uh, helping other people out. I'm done with affirmative action. It is, uh, it, I believe it's reverse racism. We're done, everybody's equal, men, women, we're equal. If somebody is harming you or breaking the law, call them out and and we i will back you up 110%. but beyond that stop trying to legislate my morality.
1: well and you know stop it's not even just legislating, right? so it's not about being equal anymore, it's about special privileges.
0: Exactly. That's yeah. that's why I was talking about the uh, like, listen, you know, if, if you're of a certain skin color, you get a few extra points on your SATs. Uh, we're going to say if you run a company, you have to hire uh, people because they have this YZ. No, 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 no. Best person for the job. However, well. if someone like Weinstein is doing his uh, nefarious deeds, you got to call him out. And when people call him out, uh, you need to listen. And if they have proof, then by gosh, by golly, that's that's the other shocking thing with the whole Weinstein mm-hmm. thing, which I'm trying to squeeze in here as we as we round the corner towards the home stretch. It had been going on for years and years and years and years and years and everybody knew about it and everybody knew about it. But he was a powerful guy and he could help people and no one listened. So uh, shame on you. And and Ronan Farrow had a piece that got squashed by NBC. Yep. And that is just, that is, that ain't me saying it. That ain't Rush Limbaugh saying it. Uh, that isn't uh, CRTV or the Freedom Army saying it. That's Ronan Farrow. Right. So we have now established that NBC will suppress stories they don't like and go full steam ahead with stories they do like. NBC has, uh, has a finger on, on the scale here. They have a certain way they want things to go. If that doesn't terrify you and make you get up off your ass and start to do something, I don't know what else will. When the when the media empires have chosen sides, it's terrifying, and that that keeps me going.
1: Well, and, and Cheryl Atkinson, one of our favorites, right, um, actually wrote a really interesting editorial, and I forget which – I think it was in The Hill, where she talked about there's an entire industry built on covering this stuff up.
0: Well, uh, I just want to talk about Cheryl Atkinson as a whole. She's been a friend of the show for a long time. I want to get her back on the cast mm-hmm. like ASAP.
1: Yeah,
0: her little syndicated show, and she and I have is is growing, growing, growing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sinclair has a nice little empire. She's got a lot of viewers, and it's growing. Mm-hmm. I think she's gonna. I think she's gonna crack the New York market soon. Oh, good. There is an. Uh, there's a huge interest in this country for just unbiased news. Mm-hmm. Just tell me. Tell me what's really going on. Nobody's got their finger on the scale. Nobody has a candidate. They want to win. They're just sitting back and saying this happened and that happened, and now X, Y, and Z is happening as a result. That's all we need. That's all we need. She's doing uh, great stuff about uh, uh, Harvey Weinstein, Mm -hmm. and I guess uh, you were telling me before the show she's got a wonderful uh, expose about Puerto Rico.
1: Yeah, before the hurricane, she was – looking, you know, reporting on Puerto Rico and doing interviews related to it. And her show this morning went in-depth into what a holy disaster that country's entire infrastructure was before it ever got hit.
0: Oh, help me, Donald Trump. We're dying. Oh, my We're God. Dying. Not this again. <laughs> it just gives me an excuse to do the mayor of Puerto Rico voice. Come on. Help me. We're die- yeah, Puerto Rico was messed up before. I think there was a lot of politicians on the take. Uh, it was a pretty uh, are greed kidding? and corruption-filled system, and now they're paying the price. Are you I kidding? They're hurric- still
1: on the take.
0: This hurricane could be the best thing that ever happened to that, that little uh, colony of ours. The
1: FBI is investigating officials in that country now for giving out supplies that are being sent through charities and FEMA – to their friends and not to everybody.
0: That's my cousin, Raul. He's a good guy. He needs all that stuff. He needs to give it to his family because Donald Trump wants me to die. And I don't want to die. Check out my glasses and my T-shirt and my hat. <laughs> it's horrible. Go get him, FBI. Um, drain the swamp. Drain it. Drain it. Lance that boil. Okay, Puerto Rico, I just want to say this again. Bob Corker's a douche. I don't like Bob Corker. Goodbye. Oh, okay. Don't let the door hit you in the booty, Bob Corker. So Lower Bob my Corker, taxes. Bob Corker
1: is not running, but do you know who is?
0: Diane Feinstein. Yes.
1: She's going to be, what, 150 when she's done with this term?
0: They did the math this morning. I was watching it on Meeting the Presses. Uh, 92. If she makes it, she'll be 92. Okay, this, this is going to sound horrible. But do you want a 92-year-old in charge of anything?
1: No. I don't <gasps> want Diane Feinstein. Me neither. I don't want I'll Diane in Feinstein charge in stupid. charge of anything.
0: No, but like No, uh, I this, take that
1: it, back. Pie crusts. Yes. Most elderly women I know make the best freaking should, pie crust.
0: She should be in charge of like old books of poetry. Uh, family stories. She should be placed on uh, as a, as a, as an elderly person. She should be adored and worshipped, and playing and with her
1: grandkids
0: have, exactly, mm-hmm. and have all her needs met, uh, and and be celebrated for her long and wonderful life. However, uh, I don't want her sitting on the armed services committee. <laughs> oh God. You know what we should do? Back in my day, we just hook up some horses to a can and put it on the top of the hill. <laughs> We're using lasers now, Diane. Well, I tell you, I like horses. Horses are pretty. I used to have a horse. We called him Majesty. Oh, she was a bright horse. Listen, Diane, we got—seriously, there's a there's a, a a platform of lasers in space, in orbit, that's <laughs> about to destroy the White House. Well, I don't know why you don't like my horse idea. My horse idea— Oh, jeez. We could sit there, we'd braid their manes, and we'd brush their tails. Oh, we had good times. It was the Depression. We only had a handful of grain to eat. Sometimes my uncle would suck on a corn kernel for half a day. And that's... <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Diane, they're about, they're, they're about to launch. But well, I'm just angry at you because you don't like my horse idea. Don't you like <laughs> Majesty? Oh, she's a pretty horse. Here, I drew a picture of her. That's a... That, is that a raccoon with a knife? I'm not a... I never said I was a good drawer. My, my fingers don't work. I need some elite. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> oh come on man <laughs> Why don't you like my pony idea? That is oh. hilarious
1: <laughs> That is hilarious Oh my god Are you doing that on stage tonight?
0: I have to <laughs> I don't see why you don't like my pony idea. That's hilarious. Oh my God. That's hilarious. That's hilarious. I'm going to listen to this on a loop. Like There's for the rest of the day. Ready yeah. To launch. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, back in my day, it's kind of like, a, it's almost like a, a, a Cartman from South Park. Back in my day. Listen, guy, I'm going home. <laughs> Screw you guys. I'm going home. <laughs> okay. So this is my little inside the, the Hollywood loop. Yeah. uh, Well, I had a little slip of the tongue earlier. I said, Bob Weinstein. Well, here's the deal. My sources tell me, my unnamed sources, that all of this started with Bob Weinstein. It's very – it's like an epic uh, tale of yore. You had these two brothers uh, going at it for control of this company, and I guess Harvey might have attacked Bob. Harvey might have – there might have been a physical uh, uh, confrontation. And Bob said, enough is enough. And that's how this whole little snowball really? started rolling. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Because now Harvey's out. Harvey's no longer yeah, with the they're company.
1: Yeah, but they're talking about just folding the company. I saw a couple posts.
0: Well, I think maybe they are. Uh, they're probably thinking about rebranding because it's – You kind of uh, have to. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, however – the powers that be, there, I think they will they will continue to make movies, right. and they and that's what the and here's my prediction they'll wrap it up in a we have an obligation towards the arts, and we have all these films in development, and if we if we cancel all these projects, all these people will be out of work, mm-hmm. so we're gonna call the company X Y and Z, and we're gonna try to carry on, and we're gonna have fundraisers to make sure nothing like this ever happens again. That is my prediction.
1: I can totally see that.
0: Yes. Okay. So I want to segue into that to a little bit of sh- uh, some more show business stuff here. Uh, I made a solemn oath to myself that I would tell this story on the cast because I think this is wonderful and awesome. Uh, the The new trailer is out for The Last Jedi, right? Right. And uh, And if you haven't seen some – did this wonderful picture. Remember when Donald Trump put his uh, hand on the, the glowing orb and the, the guy from Saudi Arabia had his hand on the orb? But it was the official, it was a very funny picture, a lot of fun mm-hmm. there. Someone at theloftistparty.com, I don't know who it was, they did a thing where it's a porg, that little furry, little uh, penguin looking thing from The Last Jedi. So Donald Trump and the Saudi do. You just go to the website to look at that picture. That picture is hilarious.
1: And you have to have seen a porg flying around social media at this point.
0: Oh, it's, it's all, we're all, uh, all about the Porg, about the Porg. So you mentioned that you were watching all the films uh, back to back to back again, which I think is great. And God bless you for suffering through some of those.
1: Yeah. No, the Phantom Menace, I still hate it.
0: Yeah. That's a tough one. And that, that poor kid who played Anakin has not had, he's not had a, a, a great. Who's even worse though? Who?
1: The kid who plays him as a teenager.
0: Okay. You have stumbled into it. You have stumbled into it. That young man's name is Hayden Christensen. Yeah. Okay. So Hayden uh, was recently – recently went to Star Wars Celebration. He's not really been into the whole I was Darth Vader, I was Darth Vader. And he thought the community, the Star Wars community held him responsible. So he's kind of shied away from going to any of the Star Wars Celebration thing. God bless him. He went this to this last year he came out on stage got a standing ovation which was awesome it's like the entire star wars community is like dude it wasn't your fault we're not mad at you okay so that's wonderful and fantastic now i work on a a television show uh that's on cbs uh it's called uh kevin can wait Mm -hmm. there is a young man who plays uh kevin james uh, son-in-law plays mm-hmm. Chael on the show. His name is Ryan Cartwright. Ryan Cartwright was up for a lot of the same parts that Hayden Christensen was up, up for. And they would always see each other auditions, and they're kind of buddies now.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So I'm asking uh, Ryan the other day, hey, how's how's Hayden doing? And he goes, oh, he's great. He's got a place up in Canada. Uh, he's got a farm. He's very happy. He's thinking about getting back into – they're starting to offer him roles again Uh, He had turned a bunch of stuff down. Mm -hmm. However, at one point, Ryan Cartwright is – was in Italy filming this big comedy movie, and his buddy Hayden Christensen was in Italy doing press for Attack of the Clones, Mm -hmm. the second of those. And so they're at a bar, and they're drinking with a bunch of the cast and the crew, and Hayden is there. And so Ryan's like, hey, I'll get this next round and reaches into his uh, pocket for some some money. And Hayden's like, no, no, I'll get this. Check this out. He reaches into his wallet and pulls out a black American Express card. Right. Right. And the name on the card is Darth Vader. No way. And he can sign Darth Vader. And it is good. And I'm like, Seriously? That is the coolest crap I've ever heard in my life. Oh my god, that's funny. <laughs> the film company, Twentieth Century Fox, somebody had it arranged so while he was out on press, he could use a Black American Express, the embossed name Darth Vader. He could sign the name Darth Vader, and they would charge it. <laughs> that I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. That's
1: cool, isn't it? Yeah, I like it.
0: Yes, and I guess Hayden is a very—he's uh, a—he's a—he's a good dude, and I, I wish him. Uh, nothing but success in the future. Now, the next thing I want to say is I haven't had a chance to see Blade Runner. Haven't seen it. Haven't seen it. Uh, I'm still, I'm just too damn busy. I'm just too damn busy. I want to see it. Haven't made it out to see it yet, but I hope hopefully by next week I will have seen it.
1: Yeah, no, I've, I've got my movie fall all plotted out and Blade Runner wasn't part of it.
0: I, I'm so behind. I went out and I picked, a, picked up a copy of uh, Baby Driver. I heard that's amazing and never even got a chance to do that because I ended up playing Destiny last night and was trying to save the galaxy uh, doing that. Then I ran out of time to watch my movie and I got other stuff going. We're just too dang busy. Mm-hmm. But it's good. It's fun. And I tell you, um, I feel late. I feel bad for doing this so late in the show. But theloftistparty.com, that website is just killing it. I love it. I love it. I love being able to like flip through with my thumb and go, ooh, ooh, there's that. I want to see this. Bing, bang. I want to read this. There's just so much great stuff there. We got a couple of guys who used to uh, – oh, my gosh. They used to they're, – they're writers for the the show. They have a book coming out. Um, who's the guy? They have a uh, Paul, book coming Hare, out. Paul Hare and David Dubro. Paul Hare and David Dubro. They have a new book out called Appalling Stories, 13 Tales of Social Injustice. I'm hoping uh, – send me a copy. I want to read it. I want to talk about that, maybe even have them on the show. But uh, I said I'd put a plug in for, for those guys. Listen, um, I've said it before. I will say it again. This whole thing is a grand experiment. We're figuring it out as we go. We appreciate everybody's patience. But I'm going to celebrate when somebody m- writes a book – or paints a picture or does some kind of art, uh, I've got to support that. I've got to support it. Yep. So there. Bada bing, bada boom. Bada bing, bada boom. Bada bing, bada boom. Trip, trip pound or whatever the heck that guy is. Bada book, a room. Okay, so it is now time for some Michael Topias. I am desperately going to kind of think of one as I do the, <laughs> the intro in the real world Um there's a bunch of rules that we have to live by and a bunch of laws that don't make much sense, and everybody's unhappy. But in Micheltopia, there's a different set of laws, and everyone's happy all the time. What do you got over there, Liberty Gypsy? In Micheltopia, we don't apologize. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh
1: my <laughs> God. Today, just everybody goes back to like Hillary Duff apologizing for going as a pilgrim and an Indian to a, you know, To a Hollywood costume party or whatever, I wake up this morning and some dudes apologizing for doing a film with Woody Allen because Woody Allen said something that people didn't like today. You've got the Apple diversity head chairperson basically goes down and says – In a conference that it's diversity of thought that matters and you could have 12 blonde-haired, blue-eyed men at a table and there would still be diversity there because they bring diverse experiences and diverse opinions to the workplace. It's not all about skin color. It's not all about your sexuality. It's not all about anything but diversity of thought. She had to apologize. Wow. She's absolutely right.
0: (laughs) Yes. That's that's one of the most frustrating things when people feel like they have to apologize even if they're right. Or they,
1: they didn't really do anything wrong.
0: Yes. That's yes. the thing. You do something. You are right. You can back it up. You have the facts behind you, mm-hmm. uh, science, whatever, and still people are like, no, you need to say you're sorry. And that if, and if, that.
1: If you don't apologize like Google guy didn't, then you get fired.
0: Exactly. And that, as they like to say on the social media, is how you got Trump. Seriously, they would say they would go, you can't say that. You have to apologize. No, I don't, because here's what I said. And bing, bang, boom. And I'm not going to say I'm sorry. In fact, and then they go, oh, my gosh, he's doubling down on it. And that's what I responded to. That's what I responded to. You can't call all Mexicans rapists. You have to say you're sorry. No, I don't have to say I'm sorry because I never said they were all rapists. I said some were rapists. I said some of them are good people. I'm not gonna apologize for that's what people liked. That's what people liked. It's a good thing Donald Trump isn't in charge of our justice system. That's right, or you'd be in jail. Boom! Not gonna apologize. Unless you do something. Listen, if you're wrong, you gotta apologize. If you're no, no, wrong, if you like
1: hurt someone if if you like hurt someone hurt their feelings, you know, if you don't follow through with something you said you were going to do, like the normal things you would apologize for in your personal life, fine. But these big public shamings with these resultant apologies, just no, we don't do that. We don't yeah. do that.
0: And that's why, and I tell you, that's like, I really try to respect people's feelings mm-hmm. for the most part when, when I'm picking my targets and the whole, Uh, Weinstein thing. I was very shocked the other day when a friend of mine, a girl I know, uh, was doing a press conference with Gloria Allred and she was the victim of this guy. And there's something about that. Like, I want to make fun of him. I want to ridicule him and all that other stuff. However, I'm like, geez, I know that girl, Right. you know, that's just, it's messed up. You got to call him as you see him. And when people break the law, they got to get into the, they got to get into trouble. Okay. I don't have one in Michaeltopia. The the guy who says we should do a Michaeltopia every week should have a Michaeltopia. That's my Michaeltopia. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! I know it was cheap, it was horrible, but you got to give me extra credit for doing that wonderful uh, Diane Feinstein. No, voice. that
1: was pretty good. That
0: was that awesome. Was,
1: that was yeah. yeah. I actually had yeah. to go on mute so that the true extent of my laughter was not necessarily on the cast.
0: We were laughing hard. So, hey, you can check back to that LoftusParty.com all the time. We've got a constant little steady stream of new stuff going. We're figuring out as we go. Leave comments. I cannot uh, stress this enough. The comments are going to help us find our direction. Sometimes you're like, oh, man, you're not doing enough of this. I used to love it when you do that. Well, if we don't hear from you, we don't know. So we're just going to kind of steer in this. We're steering this wacky ship in one direction however we may have to trim the sails you might be like hey uh where's that where's the article on the hot chicks we we missed the hot chicks or uh where's the thing where you're talking about the library of congress let us know and that's seriously that's what we're gonna do which it's very pavlovian you respond we'll make a course correction and it's gonna be fun and we're gonna figure it out you guys are the best thank you so much for supporting Uh, all of our endeavors, the podcast, the website, the TV show, all of it. You're wonderful. You look great. And I'll talk to you next week.